Welcome to Woody Online. Thank you for tuning in to one of our pre-recorded services. Our community is based in Cardiff and we meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoy this week's message and that it inspires and blesses you. Hi there. I'm Martin. I'm one of the leaders at Woody in Cardiff and it's a privilege to be online presenting a message again. Uh, We are following a series at the moment looking at the book of James and we're studying its practical and spiritual guidance. It's a fantastic book for giving advice and showing how to live. I had the privilege of presenting the message last week and just got a bit of a recap. Where did I leave you? The messages that came out of it were that you will be tempted and you should look out for the dangers in your personal walk in your life. That God's mercy is available to everyone who sins and needs redeeming, and that's all of us. That God's planted a word in you. It's amazing and it can release us from this this evil, the filth around us, the moral evil and filth of the world. And also just listening to God's word, now we know all of this isn't enough. Our faith is secure, We can't earn our way into salvation. If our faith is secure in God, we are saved by him. That's amazing. But now we know this, we should be acting upon what he has said, putting our faith into action, James says. And this week we're looking at the start of chapter two. And that continues to give advice on how to live rightly in God's kingdom. I'm going to pray before I read the passage. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Let it be alive in our hearts and direct us in our lives. Amen. So I'm going to read James 2, verses 1 to 13. It's titled, Favouritism Forbidden. My brothers and sisters, believers in our Lord, in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favouritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here is a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, you stand there, sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen. My dear brothers and sisters, has God not has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbour as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favouritism, you sin. You are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. 
If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you, God, for this word. Okay, two questions. Number one, what's your favourite chocolate bar? Galaxy or Dairy Milk? Hard question. Okay, how about, what's your favourite Star Wars film? There's enough of them, okay? Now, they're silly questions. Incidentally, the right answers are Dairy Milk and Star Wars A New Hope. That's the first one released, just so you're aware. They're silly choices. It doesn't really matter, does it? We like our things. We like to have our favourite things. That's good. There are some places where we don't like to share favouritism. Families, for example. I don't have a favourite child. I'd be shocked if anybody had a, a favourite child of their, their offspring. Um, and as a teacher, I don't show favouritism in my job, in, in my class. I have a class of children and all of them I know are capable of achieving really well for who they are. Equally, every child, given the potential, could be a bit of a pain. You know, they have the equal chance they have. I don't show favouritism, I treat them all equally. But here we are at the beginning of James 2, where in a church setting, that's not the case. The people who received James's letter, the receivers of the letter, they, it's not that they were not only showing favouritism, but they were abusing power over those who were not favourited. If you recall at the end of James 1, verse 27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world that I focused on last week. James is writing to these Jewish convert believers. It says that in James 1 verse 1, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. And he's aware that they would have had a great understanding of looking after those in need according to those ancient laws. However, there was still this discrimination in how they were acting out their faith. After reminding them in James 1 to put their religious learning into action, he continues to show them how their lives should be reaching for a standard set by God. And to be honest, the discrimination that's described in those early verses, as I read, it sounds shocking. Imagine someone walking into our church meeting, looking worse for wear and clearly in need of help or provision or care, and then being told to, to sit apart on the floor or, or not near us. I'd like to think that we'd be better than that and we'd welcome those who are so clearly in need. And if you don't think that's the case, please let us know so that we can resolve that quickly. I was thinking about this and if I'd been in the building for this message, I was, could have been inclined to have dressed myself accordingly and walked in with dirty clothes and in disguise and, and just to see how I was treated. But then again, perhaps that's a bit manipulative and, and this message will, will have the impact enough. But still, the point remains that James knew what was going on in the church. In that place, they confessed the love of God. 
and by these people who were, so say, following his commands. That by showing this discrimination and acting with prejudice, based on the affluence of the people around, they were showing their deep need for the reminders of Jesus' example. Jesus, he met with everyone, and he definitely, intentionally, spent time with the poor and the lowly. Jesus himself, he he wasn't a man of prosperity. In terms of money, in terms of earthly possessions, he didn't have much. But he had riches from God in abundance. James points out in verse 5, that just because some people have less or have nothing in terms of, of money, they can still be rich in faith. That they are an important part of society and in our fellowships. As followers of Jesus, as co-heirs with him in eternity, we should be trying to act according to his direction which obviously wasn't happening in the churches that James is writing to. James points out that by being as heartless, as discriminatory as they were, that the members of the church were breaking the law, the religious law. He uses the term judges with evil thoughts as strong. This ancient law that James refers to isn't something that was new to them. It it wouldn't have been new to these readers. James quotes Leviticus 19, verse 18, which says in full, you shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbour as yourself. James refers to it as the royal law, and Jesus himself used it when the rich young man had asked what is the greatest commandment in Matthew 22. In verse 39, he responds and splits into two, if you remember, to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said everything hinges on these commands. It had such an importance back to the people of Israel with Moses through that journey. It had importance with Jesus when he was presenting it to his followers and and demonstrating the kingdom of God. And it still is relevant today to love your neighbour as yourself. I've heard it called in the golden rule. And I think it's become part of our our cultural ethos. You know, it's, it's something that isn't purely biblical now. I've heard colleagues in work using it to using the expression to teach children how to get along with each other and how to treat one another properly. I think it's a great exercise in helping young children have empathy for others. How would you feel if so-and-so did that? How would you like it if such and such happened? James's audience, James's readers, had lost sight of that. And in doing so, they were sinning. This is back to that moral filth and evil that he mentioned in James 1. And it it looks to me as if maybe some of these members of the church had then tried to justify the behaviour and their attitudes in terms of of only breaking little laws. You know, it's not as bad as... Verse 10 says, 
For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles on one point is guilty of breaking all of it. James points out that in God's kingdom, there is no hierarchy of sin. One who commits adultery sins as much as one who commits murder. And again, Jesus made reference to this. I love quoting Jesus. It's brilliant, isn't it? Jesus made reference to this as well. In his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22, he tells his audience, you've heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. You see, in Jesus' eyes, anger was as harmful as murder. To commit one sin was to be below God's standard. It's interesting here that this shows that even in this, God has no favouritism. Favouritism is forbidden. That all sin is abhorrent to God and punishable by death. And again, we can be thankful to Jesus. We don't have to die because of our wrongful actions, because of our sins. Jesus took that punishment on the cross. And we live through the mercy that is so freely given to us who believe that and accept that forgiveness. And it's in this that James calls us now to be active. To act as those who are free in the love of God and not to judge others who are not. Think back to see that person who is poorly dressed or is in need of care and to judge them. That would be a grave mistake. We'd be looking at that outward appearance and paying no mind to the, to the contents of their heart or the need in their lives. And similarly, judging people by their behaviours that might be jarringly different to our own is not what God asks of us, not judgment. Rather, he commands that we show his love and we act in such a way that people will know that God sets a standard and that he loves them. I think it's a massive privilege to be called on by Father God to demonstrate that love in such a way. So now perhaps we can see a hierarchy that instead of discrimination and judgment, which are sinful actions, God desires his followers, us, the believers, to pursue mercy, to act in mercy, which leads to freedom. And this is what he's done for us. God has shown mercy over judgment because of Jesus. Even though we have lived these sin-filled lives. How can we put that into practice this week? Perhaps simply, firstly, just by listening to yourself when you speak, when you're in conversation, for judgmental comments, judgmental attitudes. Hold your tongue, change your mindset, try and, and view the people around you through God's eyes not through 
human judgmentalize. Number two, perhaps we could follow James's advice that he mentioned in chapter one and links it here to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry and judgmental. And in doing so, you'd be in this better place to recognize the position and the need of others. And thirdly, what we should be doing is praising God for his mercy. We are all guilty of one or many sins. We are in no place to cast judgment on others. But God loves us so much. He sent Jesus to die in our place. And he sees us when we accept that and we are forgiven in the light of that sacrifice. We don't get what we deserve. Jesus did. We put our faith in him and we get what Jesus deserved. I I still find it incredibly exciting to read this book, the whole Bible, but the book of James at the moment, and to know that God is still so interested in our lives and wants us to grow closer to him as we live out our days. I'd like to pray to close this message. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your kind, loving goodness. Thank you for your mercy that makes the way to your throne so available. Thank you for Jesus, for bearing our sins, for bearing the punishment that we never could. Heavenly Father, help us this week in the places we go, in the conversations we have, in the the things we see, to remember this direction, this teaching, to not be judgmental, to not show favoritism to the people who are like us or who we like but to consider others as as people that you love and have a wonderful plan for and how we can come alongside them and how we can show your love in their lives. And we ask that you walk with us, Lord God, in the times when we're afraid, in the times when we are, are nervous, that you will strengthen us, that we won't walk into this by ourselves, but we will walk in knowing that you go before us Do you stand beside us? You are with us in love, in mercy, to bring freedom. We praise you, Father God. Amen. So I hope that has maybe stirred something in you. If it has, please do get in touch. We have social media, we have email addresses, everything is on our website. Come and find us if if you need to, or come and find us in person. It's quite exciting. Next Sunday, we're having a baptism service, which is a brilliant opportunity to see this in action, where people have recognised this and are are making a commitment to to show us that that God is the way they're following. It's, It's very exciting. So we hope you can join us in person or online again. We're going to have exciting times and we look forward to what God has for us and maybe you can join us. So God bless you this week. Thanks for tuning in to Woody Online. We hope this week's message has inspired and blessed you. 
If you're ever in Cardiff, we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. Don't forget to check the show notes below for our contact details. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to tune in again next week for more inspiring content. We look forward to connecting with you soon.